Um, but I was reminded, thinking about today, of a story of this boy. They went to a more liturgical, traditional-style church, and he goes to the pastor of the church, and he says, why do we say every week, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we say that every week? And the pastor said, well, because you just said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, your will be done. So the idea is that repetition gets in, in, in your heart. The word of God, scripture, prayer um, gets in your heart. So we do this baptism prayer. It's not outlined like that necessarily in the Bible, though I can totally make a case for everything in that prayer of why we pray it. But we say the Lord's Prayer. We say Psalm 23. We say these prayers, prayers of repentance, prayers of forgiveness. We say these prayers because we want them to be like second nature to us, in us, just rooted deeply in us. And so that's why we do these baptism prayers and all the different kind of prayers we pray. So along those lines, not all of us do this when we speak from here, but I have this prayer that I like to pray because I pray that for all of us, that when we come here, we come with this expectation that God will do this in us. So Corky, could you please put the prayer up? Um, the It's the next one. Keep going. It's keep going. It's the Holy Spirit as we continue worship and explore. So here we go. There we go. Thank you. So who would like to pray with me? <laughs> Holy Spirit, as we continue worship and explore your word today, would you awaken my heart, expand my thinking, and shape who I am today and what I do tomorrow? In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm doing an introduction into the gifts of the Spirit today. But before we start talking about that, has anybody bought a greeting card recently? Anybody? Okay, I was just at the store the other day, and I found this beautiful greeting card. And I'm not kidding you all. It was $9 for a greeting card. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. where's the 99 cent section? Let's go. But I, I've been thinking about greeting cards since then and why they're so important. And I remembered back to our early 20s um, when Aaron's grandmother died and we were going through her things, Granny Lou's things, and she had stacks and stacks of greeting cards that she had kept. And they were beautiful. Some of them were in Portuguese because her family was from the Azor Islands and all. And I was just looking at all these greeting cards and I was just like, why on earth did she keep these greeting cards? I also remember at that time in my life, we were on a very, very strict budget. And whenever somebody gave me a nice expensive greeting card, I am so embarrassed to say that I would be like, why didn't they just give me cash? <laughs> That's terrible. That's so terrible. But <laughs> That's just, oh wait, okay, some people are saying no. Um, here I am 20 years later, and I've been thinking about greeting cards this week, and I have found stacks, I am not kidding, stacks of greeting cards in my dresser drawers, <laughs> in my desk drawers, on my desk upstairs, in my office here, and I kind of compiled them all, and I'm like, I need a box. I'm getting old like Granny Lou, I need a box for all the greeting cards. My grandmother, who's 92, when you give her a greeting card at 
on any occasion, what, what happens, kids? She cries. It doesn't matter how simple, how expensive. It doesn't matter. All she cares about are those words of affirmation and our presence with her on that important day. That's all she cares about. She wants presence, not presence. God feels the same way about us. God wants connection, relationship, intimacy. We talk about finances and giving. We're doing a giving and offering campaign right now. We bring tithes. God asks us to bring tithes and offerings, but why? Because the gift brings the giver. We give gifts to one another because we're bringing ourselves. Have you ever received a really heartfelt gift? And you're very much aware that it isn't about the material item they're bringing to you. It's about them coming to you. In the same way, God gives gifts to us. God brings himself to us through his gifts. And we're going to be talking about that for the next eight weeks or so, approximately. We're not going to do it in any particular, well, we've got order, but anyways, we're going to be talking about how God is revealed to us and helps us through the gifts of the Spirit. But my prayer that is as we talk about gifts, our first desire is to know Christ first. I love this song. We don't sing it here. I was like, we should sing this here. It's called Daily Bread. Um, it goes like this. Um, could you get the next slide up, please? It's called, this is like the chorus. You are our daily bread. You are our daily bread. And we will seek your face before we seek your hand. You are our daily bread. You are our daily bread. And we desire you before the promised land. So this alludes to a scripture with Moses. I know it's such a good song. Exodus 33, 15. Exodus 33, when, when they're getting ready to go into the promised land and God makes this promise to Moses, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Oh, I love it. But then Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. Like, we're glad for the promise. We're glad for the inheritance. We're glad for the gift but don't send us without your presence. So last Sunday, we spoke about change happening in our congregation. We spoke about new vision, new direction for the next 40 years, because we're celebrating 40 years. We believe God has gifts for us, inheritance for us, promised lands, promises for us, but we don't want to go without being a people who abide in Christ and rest in his presence. So fast forward 1,600 years, approximately, from Moses to Jesus. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And he says this to his disciples, because he knows pretty soon he's not going to be with his disciples. He says this in John 14. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and I will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. 
Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. What an incredible promise. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper, who's going to come and not just be with us, but be in us, dwell inside of us. We're not abandoned. We're never abandoned like orphans. His spirit actually dwells with us. So what happens next? Jesus says when he, re- when he ascends into heaven, he comes to his disciples and he says, listen, go wait for in Jerusalem because I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is poured out, it says this in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what these flags are for you all. To remind us that we go to the ends of the earth with what the Lord has put inside of us, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. This is what happened when the Holy Spirit came. It says, the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. I love that. In the Exodus story, when God's taking them out of Egypt, the fire is leading them all. In this story, when the fire falls, it comes on each one of us who want it so that we can take it out all over the world. From there, the disciples, they leave Jerusalem and become those witnesses. They spread out everywhere. They're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit with a diversity of gifts. And because of the Holy Spirit, many, many, many people start to follow Jesus and experience the presence of God in their lives. So we celebrate this indwelling and baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in the Christian tradition. It's 50 days, Pentecost, 50 days. It's Greek for 50 days. Very profound there, right? 50 days after the resurrection. We here, we like to celebrate, we have the global day of prayer where we invite all the ethnic churches from the valley together with the Vine Institute. And we just have a big celebration, remembering what happened on that day of Pentecost. It also marks the day that the church began its mission to the world. It's like a birthday. We celebrate birthdays here when you were born. Day of Pentecost is like a birthday celebration for the church. In the Jewish tradition, it landed on the day of the Feast of Weeks, which was the day they gave thanks for the first fruits of the harvest. I love that when we celebrate the Holy Spirit, we're giving thanks for all the people who are going to come to experience the Holy Spirit ahead of time. It's like we're giving thanks in advance for the great harvest that is coming. The early church wore red and white. I almost wore a red dress, but I got a red t-shirt instead. Fire, white representing wind, red representing fire. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about fire all these next few weeks because I want it. What happened 
when the Holy Spirit was poured out. A ton of things happened. But for the next few weeks, we're going to talk specifically about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Amen. The purpose is so that we can help each other. Now, there are three different, I'm going to get kind of teachy here, kind of teacher oriented here. There are three different passages in scripture when Paul is writing to the early church about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And churches today and denominations have very different ways of looking at all these gifts. And that's okay. They're gifts. We should enjoy them and look at them in all the different ways. But here in our church, in our local culture, and with others that are like us, we have, we have some d- specific ways of looking at it that we want to share with you so that you know when we're talking about the gifts, what we're referring to. Does that work? Okay. There's space for that. But we want to share about these three different types of gifts. The first set of gifts, gifts, and it's not in any order of priority, but one set of gifts, we call them the redemptive gifts. This is Romans 12, 4 through 10. Could we get verse 4 up? Thank you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And we're Christ's body. And the adventure is Christ's body. And K2 is Christ's body. We have, thanks to Jeff, we didn't have any guitarists today. He came and helped us from K2. Thank you, Jeff. Just like there are different churches, even here today in our midst, representing different parts of the body of Christ, we all have different gifts. There are many, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as he has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Let's go to the next screen. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Verse nine, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Romans 12, read the rest of Romans 12. It's beautiful for about how we should treat one another and honor one another. The redemptive gifts, the way we refer to them here in our context, is that each of us has a certain DNA that reflects the image of God, each one of us. And the redemptive gifts describe how we work together as our Father works through us, showing his character. These are the, the, you'll hear us refer to these depending on the translation of the Bible or where you're looking at in the Bible, um, what kind of gift test you're taking. You can see there, this test used to be free, but I double checked the website today and I'm not sure if it's free anymore. It still has descriptions of all of these gifts. It's gifttest.org. 
But the way the the way they phrase it in their test is perceiver, server, teacher, encourager, giver, leader, also known as a ruler, and mercy. So have you ever met someone who doesn't even follow Jesus, who's like, I don't even believe in Jesus, but they're an incredible leader or ruler, or they're incredibly generous, they're a giver, or they're very perceptive and prophetic? You're like, how come they can do that? It's because they were born with this image-bearing gift from God that reflects God's nature. That's, that's the way we, re, we see this, and we believe God wants to redeem those gifts in each of us for the kingdom. Um, another gift, another set of gifts, we call them the equipping gifts. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So in our context, in our tradition, we call these the equipping gifts, the five-fold gifts sometimes it's called, five-fold ministry. Could we get that next slide, please? They're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But what is their purpose? Is it their job alone? to pastor everyone, to teach everyone, to go as apostles, to be sent, to prophesy or to evangelize. No, our job as the equipping gifts is to equip you for the work of ministry so that you can evangelize, you can prophesy, you can pastor, you can teach so that You are equipped to lead people to God, to baptize them them in water, to lay hands on them for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and to teach them how to live the Jesus way. We have this saying around here. Could we put that slide back up? It says, every member a minister. It's just a saying. The longer you're with us, the longer you'll start to hear the saying, every one of you has gifts and calling and purpose to equip others, to lead others to Jesus. Every member, a minister, and the fivefold equips you in that ministry. This is why if you want to be equipped, okay, so not everyone's like, yeah, I want to do it, right? Everyone's jumping in, right? <laughs> okay, what does it mean to be equipped? Let me just remind you how you can start. Take our roots course. Do small groups with the people who brought you here. Do college group. Do youth group. Come and be with the body so you can be equipped. Um, Take freedom seminar. Take emotionally healthy spirituality seminar. Take emotionally healthy relationship seminar. All of these courses are created to help equip you for the work of ministry and what we do here on Sundays too, right? Join a serve team. You want to learn how to pray for people? Join, ask Mike Bueller. I want, teach me how to pray for people. Okay, you want to learn how to prophesy? Go to Sharon, go to Stanley and say, teach me how to prophesy. You want to learn how to evangelize? Talk to us, talk to Steve, talk to me. I don't know how all our gifts work, but here we are equipping one another, every member for ministry. Okay. 
the gifts of the Spirit. And this is where we're going for the next few weeks. We're going to focus just on these gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the gifts of the spirit, how do they work? If we all have redemptive gifts, if some of us are called with equipping gifts, what about these gifts of the spirit? What are they? Guess what? Every one of you in here, if you want it, you can have the gifts of the Spirit. You ask the Lord for them, and he gives them to you. And we like to use the analogy of a tool belt. I didn't know where our tool belt was. I don't know where to find it. I don't know if it would fit me. So I brought a tool basket. Here I come, Little Red Riding Hood. (laughs) Yeah, not everybody has a basket either, right? So if you look at these tools, we got a hammer, a wimpy hammer, because this is from my toolbox, um, a wrench, <laughs> a big wrench. I could, I could, who did it? You know, clue. <laughs> Where was she? Where was Mrs. Plum? I've got a screwdriver. I've got measuring tape. I've got a level because I like things to be level in my house. And then when all else fails, duct tape. Because <laughs> most problems are solved with duct tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Holy Spirit comes to the body and he brings us these tools. They have different purposes, different times, different uses. But if I want to do a building project and all I have is a tape measure, I can sit there and judge all day long about how the measurements are, but I will get nothing done, right? I need the other gifts. I need a hammer. I need a screwdriver. I need a leveler. I need all the gifts. And when we're building something, when we're working in someone's life, when we're equipping someone, when we're going about our days, God's going to give us different gifts for different times. And the next few weeks, We are going to explore each of these gifts in detail. So one week, word of wisdom, one week, word of knowledge, one week, faith, one week, healings, one week, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretation. And we're going to have different people contributing to the stories. And you're going to get descriptions and definitions, practical tools about how to apply it in your life. And we're going to hear stories. The stories are what brings things to life about how these things work. So today, this is just an introduction. I knew we had a lot to do today. Um, Let me check my notes here. I'd like us to stop for a minute to have a story from my sister, Brenda Wonky. Everybody welcome Brenda. So Brenda actually has a twin. And when I straighten my hair, people ask if if we're sisters and we're twins, which I love. So we call each other sis all the time. 
But Brenda's going to tell us a story about a time that um, someone used a gift to bless her, to help her. Remember, the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, I'm using the microphone and this microphone. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are to help us to help us in our walk, to help us in our journey, to help us with reaching the world with the good news of the gospel. So Brenda, I pass it on to you. Remember to hold it close so we can hear your beautiful voice. Okay. Hi, I'm Brenda. If you guys don't know, I am going to tell an art story. It's my art story. And um, I started art when I was a young child and I would paint and I would like um, join all of these little, um, I don't know, art con contests and win little ribbons. And, and then um, I hit teenagehood. I am a, what do you call it? Jesus revolution person. <laughs> and I would make my own black light posters, you know, make love, not war. <laughs> And I got baptized in a river. Anyway, um, so I kind of always just dabbled in art. And I kind of knew I was like born again or saved when I was in like sixth grade, born again at 19. And I kind of knew that it was a gift given to me, but I kind of let it go when I entered my teenage years, got married, had babies, didn't do anything, worked at a school district and kind of putzed around with the kids, but I didn't really pick it up until I moved here and I was 50 years old. So I started the art class here with Bob Wright and a bunch of other people and started painting and I really enjoyed it. And it was mostly like landscapes with acrylic and more serious things. And then five years ago this month, my son, our son, died by suicide. And so my art kind of took a change. And I was kind of familiar with a lot of artists because it's an it's a expression kind of thing when you paint, just like any other kind of gift, you express yourself. Well, I didn't want to express myself with a lot of black and a lot of sadness. And so I was stuck. And about a year, year and a half of being stuck and in shock and grieving and all of that stuff, um, I went to a Sunday school meeting at this church because I was involved in the Sunday school program. And Mark Francis, for those of you who know, those of you who don't, he has the gift of prophecy, prophetic. And bless his heart, amazing man, wrote everyone in the Sunday school program, a blessing, put it in a manila envelope and gave us all our own little blessing. So I want to read this to you. I actually read my blessing, took it home and filed it because I wasn't ready for it. And my husband went to David's tent in San Diego, came home and told me about this prophetic word that he got. And it was so, so awesome. And I was like, well, I got a word, you know, I just filed it. So I went and got my word and read it, looked at my wall in my craft room and bawled for like a day because after I read it, you'll understand. 
This is really personal, but I want to share this with you because God is a personal God and he sees us. He sees us as individuals. I didn't think he saw me in my art. It was just a hobby. And after I read this, the reason I cried is because he saw me as an individual and he knew and he understood what I was going through. So, blah. Okay, Brenda Wonky, I see you sitting in a beautiful garden surrounded by colorful blooms and various flowers and bushes, which I couldn't imagine sitting in a garden with all these flowers and bushes. You look around to survey the astonishing scene. As you do, I literally see the color around you turn into a mist and a flow toward your eyes, like there was a force pulling it in. The mist of color enters your eyes and somehow I see it then flow and indwell your heart. As it does, a light of joy begins to shine ever brightly from your eyes as a smile forms on your face. I then understand. Beauty brings life and joy that creates the foundation for heart renewal and refreshment. That's what I needed right then was heart renewal and refreshment. I had no idea how dead I really was. So heart renewal and refreshment. The coming months will be this to you as the Holy Spirit causes the beauty around you to become, become tangible in painting. Um, as you gaze upon it, it will enter through your gaze and fill your heart in ways that I have no words for. In these experiences, God's presence will take you beyond where you've been and give you steadfast, steadfastness for the coming days. One additional thought. In the spiritual realm, your life ushers in a welcoming, a welcoming to you, a welcoming to all around you. It is real and powerful, and many feel it in their hearts. As such, others want to be around you, and they begin to understand that someone else is the source of your life. Thus, Jesus becomes real, and his presence is the same. Know that you impact others in this manner, and be encouraged. Mark Francis. Anyway, so this was kind of like the beginning of me understanding that he was interested in me, and my insignificant, what I thought, art. And he was going to refresh me and restore me and heal me. And I just started painting color. And I got into this crazy medium of dot art. And it's extremely colorful. You can show that one if you want. And I now teach art in every facet. I teach at the senior center because I'm a senior. Um, I teach kids at the LDS churches. I teach my neighbors who homeschool. I've taught our little students here. I have people come to my home. Anyway, I have never been that person to jump out and do that kind of thing. I believe that the Holy Spirit started in me through this or whenever, um, to give me boldness and to give me whatever it takes to encourage people. And I am so bold now. All I want to do is just grab people 
get the creative juices in them out and just get them to express however it is, whether it be through art or cooking or whatever their gift is. And that's a God thing. It wasn't me. It was really a God thing. I was dead. I was so dead in this arena. And now I'm more alive than I could have ever imagined. Just like Mark said, he didn't, he couldn't even imagine. But here are some examples. I'll do the dot art. This, this is some of the dot art that I do. It's colorful, right? It's about as colorful as you can get. And I do a, a project like this every two weeks for my class so that they have to copy it. And they whine and groan, but they do copy it. Anyway, go ahead, just whatever. Anyway, I just showed a few examples that God is faithful. I did this one in a larger piece, the same exact piece, for the state fair, and I won second place. <laughs> and my mother-in-law won first place for a pastel. So I have to hear that. Right. And then just here's another example. This is a mandala. It's just a basic dot art mandala. But anyway, all of that to say, and I've done hundreds of stuff, but um, God's faithful. And he works through Mark Francis. I will always and forever be thankful for him to go to the time and trouble to do this for all of us individually. Anyway, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's also a plug to volunteer for Children's Church, right? You never know what will happen there. <laughs> um, Mark is out of town right now. He's at a gymnastics meet with his daughter. So, Mark, we pray you'll listen to this and be so encouraged. The Holy Spirit will highlight something to him about something he can see, he, he sees in the future. He's like, the Holy Spirit will give him a picture of something in the future, and he'll write it down in a blessing and give it to people. And it brings so much life. And we have lots of stories to come of similar incidences um, that we'll have over the next few weeks. So could we invite the worship team back up? We'd, we want to sing again that um, springtime song. I just feel like it's so appropriate for right now, for this time and place. Um, don't forget after service today to go speak blessings over Altera Elementary, one o'clock with Halise and Meg and the youth. Um, don't forget to speak blessing and pray for Diane Bueller. We're believing for gifts of healing, gifts of miracles for her and Mike. Um, ask the Lord for words of knowledge um, today. And next week we have our Sego Lily offering. So we'll sing a song and then we'll, after they're done, we'll close with prayer. So, oh, cake. That's right. We have cake. Oh, and then Jody. Jody told me she was coming with a prophetic word for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brenda, for your vulnerability. Um, when I saw this picture, the Holy Spirit just prompted my heart. Um, it's beautiful, by the way. Thank God for what he's done in you through such tragedy and such loss. I, I just believe there's 
a prophetic word for somebody here. I don't know who it is and, and you don't have to identify yourself, but the, the Lord, we've said it so many times today. The Lord is, is the El Roy, the God who sees you. And you've been in a season of grief. You've been in a season of mourning and you can't even imagine seeing color. But the Holy Spirit wants you to know that in this physical springtime, there is also a spiritual springtime for you. And you're going to begin to see it and you're going to begin to see color again. Where you haven't been able to see color, the Holy Spirit wants you to be watching for it and waiting for it. In the name of Jesus. Amen.